Thanks for tuning in to the Everything Medical Wellness Podcast. Today's guest is Jason Stowell. After 25 years in the fitness industry, Jason is still driven to help our industry's professionals through education. Jason is also the host of the popular fitness business podcast, Thinking Ahead Show. Tune in as our host, Don Doyle, Vice President of HealthPlex Associates, and Jason discuss the best techniques for improving your membership sales process and engagement. And welcome to the latest edition of Everything Medical Wellness. Today, we are blessed to have somebody who I feel is tops in the industry. And um, boy, the more I get information about club industry, medical fitness, and URSA, I see Jason's name a lot um, as presenter. So I've had the opportunity to you know, have some conversations with Jason about um, member engagement, the sales process, you know, some of the metrics that he manages. And I thought he would be a wonderful participant for us to uh, pick his brain. So let me start by welcoming Jason Stowell to the Everything Medical Wellness Podcast. Thank you, Don. I truly appreciate it. And, and funny, quick story. Uh, I, I, I wish my wife was here to hear you say that really great intro. But, you know, how we met, I, you know, I consider myself a lifelong student of the industry like you. And so I actually chased you down to hire you to come in and consult for my facility because I think so highly of you. So uh, so hearing you say that is is uh, awesome. Thank you, sir. Yes, I, I consider you a, uh, a true friend in the industry and somebody I can continue to learn from. So um, let's let's start, Jason. Um, I know your uh, your past and how you grew up in this industry and, and how you got to where you are today. But why don't you share with our listeners uh, what got you excited about the fitness industry and how you've grown into your uh, position that you're holding today? Uh, thank you. So uh, brief, brief history. Back in 1997, I graduated high school and I was kind of this poor, broke kid. I weighed 120 pounds and I wanted a gym membership and thought, well, I'll go I'll go work at a gym because I'll get a free membership. So I started as a janitor while I went to community college and eventually the University of Pittsburgh. And um, I started working out. And the best part about being a, an employee of this location was that you got free personal training. And so these two guys, Darren and Mario, saw me kind of fumbling around trying to figure things out, took me under their wing. And I, I, I gained 25 pounds in like six months of muscle. And I just kind of fell in love with the, the whole fitness concept. So eventually I realized that, you know, being a janitor sucked and there's better jobs than a gym. So I, while I was still going to school to be a teacher, I uh, got my lifeguard certification and I started working at the front desk. And then eventually we got my personal training certification because, um, again, I fell in love with that whole piece. And I was fortunate enough to have a general manager at the time named Mike who thought I had some uh, – the intangibles that we talk about for for conversations and influence and just people skills, if you will, and brought me into to the sales side of things. And um, he was great, but I can tell you, I was there for, I worked there for the first 10 years of my career. And he was one of those guys where every day we sat down and every tour I missed, we drilled what happened, what could you have done better? Like, did you sit like that? Was that the tone you used? Of course it didn't join. Like, when's the last time you shaved? Like all the things, right? And really drilled this like PhD level sales process, constantly telling me books to read. So eventually I uh, got a little bit more ambitious in my career and he wasn't going to retire anytime soon. He was a fairly young guy himself. And I went to a for-profit where I immediately shot up to the, to the top of the ranks in sales because I had a process and I didn't realize that everyone didn't get 10 years of drilled on how to actually, you know, sell to prospective members, right? 
So from there, um, it was fantastic. But again, I, what happened is I kind of got into this mind frame of like, everything's about closing the deal, maximizing my bonus, my commissions. I started to care a little bit less of the, the prospective member and more about what it meant to my income level. And the for-profit I was working with, they, they also thought the same thing. So I had what I called my Jerry Maguire moment where I had this young lady come in and this was this was a little over 10 years ago. She came in and uh, I tore her through the facility. She probably weighed 300 plus pounds, had a breathing apparatus and um, took a good half hour to show around, came back. And she had shared with me that our doctor said that she has some, some major issues. Now, if she didn't start moving, she'd, she'd be dead at some point. And so to my great regret, she said, thanks, Jason. I appreciate the, the tour. I'm going to go check some other places out. And I leaned across the desk and said, listen, Amanda, if you don't join today, you're going to be dead within 12 months. She broke into tears. She signed up. I'm getting high fives from everywhere. I went home and broke down. I like literally told my wife, I can't can't do this. That was evil. Tried to tell myself, like, well, you may have saved her life, all these different things, right? But I, I knew at the heart that I just didn't love what I did anymore. So then I thought I was going to go to the nonprofit side um, for a few years just to kind of recenter myself and fell in love with the nonprofits, the medical wellness side, because again, outcomes are king now. It's not about just how do we, you know, maximize our margins? How do we help the most people, right? And and I just re-fell in love with the industry I got into, um, which led to um, a professional mentor relationship who shared that I should start, you know, writing a little bit and sharing my journey, which led to speaking opportunities, which led to a podcast, which ultimately led me to to this great show. So thank you. I've had the opportunity to tour some of the facilities that you've managed and had impact on. And um, why don't you share with us, you know, your passion for member engagement and how you train and get buy-in from your employees to um, to share, you know, some of the processes that you've entailed. Yeah. So I, I like to think everything is everything is really a sale or an engagement or some level of persuasion and influence, right? So starting really granular, like I got to sell my kids on going to bed at night. I got to, you know, sell my wife on marrying me in the first place, you know, persuade my boss why I deserve a, you know, a much bigger raise than what they want to give me. Right. So, so everything in life is, is really that. And people want to be inspired. People don't want to be sold. So, so going a step further, you know, employees, prospective members, Everybody in your life wants to be inspired to action, right? Difference between being a leader and a boss, right? There's also all the, the, the accoutrement that a happy membership base makes happy employees, right? Because they're getting less complaints, you know, less uh, angry members attacking your front desk for not having all the information. So I try to, to, to start with myself, right? Coming every morning, somebody asks me how my day is. It's awesome. You know, I, as I shared when I got on, you know, Every day I wake up is a miracle and I'm, I'm thankful for it, right? And so you start to inspire people through like infectious energy, which helps to build them up um, and, and it permeates through. And then others want to be inspired to others as well, right? And so it's not so much as like I demand structure, which I do. We've talked about metrics and how we're going to drill these things in it. But just the the impetus starts with are you living what you're you're preaching or does it does it feel like you're forcing it and it's really just work? So it starts with just coming in every day as your best self and giving everybody your best self. That's cool. I, I've i had the opportunity to meet your wife at a conference, so you must be a good salesperson because you definitely married up, Jason. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, No doubt. She's lucky. She is lucky to have you. But um, hiring and training employees, what's, it, what's your mindset? What kind of person are you looking for that can help you 
you know, get this type of person that's going to be engaged with your members. Wow, that's what a what a great complicated question. Right, it really depends on the role you're looking for. Um, I'm a big fan of using like personality tests, Meyer Briggs, to kind of really identify people because because everyone's can be trained to say the right things, but at the heart of somebody who they really are as their character, you really a bad hire will cost you multiple folds of what uh, what you'd expect. So uh, I like to start with personality tests and then I like to, to, to interview them. And the one killer question I kind of ask, if we're talking about salespeople specifically, is you know, do you believe that you can influence somebody who thinks that health or wellness is, is not for them? If they're at the end of the tour and they think, you know what, this isn't the right facility for me, do you think that you could be influential in showing them some alternative ideas, thoughts, and if they say no, immediately they're just they're just out, right? Because a lot of people have limiting beliefs. Like I know that I can't influence somebody who's already made up their mind, right? I know that we're too expensive compared to the high volume, low price clubs. If they already have those limiting beliefs, it's going to take that much more effort on my half to break those barriers down and then bring them back up. So there's a amazing amount of talent out there. And I'd rather take my time and hire the right candidate with the right intangible skills first, and then build everything up from there. Hire talent, train skill. Jason, let me um, jump into, I know you're big on processes and you know, I will let you start where you want. I know you have a extensive you know, process for training personal trainers to sell. And also, you know, your salespeople at the front desk when somebody comes in for a tour. Um, can you, you know, highlight maybe some of the things on your process that you seem to think are a reason for your successes? So no happy accidents, right? Everything is intentional. What what your prospective members see in your parking lot, what your members see in your lobby, the way that they're greeted, the condition of your locker room, right? These are these aren't accidents that you were just a victim of as a, as a manager, right? Everything is intentionality. So one of the very first things I I recommend is when you're trying to really change a culture or change a practice is you create an exceptional experiences checklist. So just like your your facilities person will have a daily, weekly, monthly checklist for cleaning pieces, right? You should have the same as your sales manager. You walk in, check the conditioning logger, check the tone and temperament of your people, right? You know, they might have had a, a bad day and that and that, that just permeates out, right? Bad impressions are so hard to overcome. And you really want to make sure that your front desk staff is engaging, eye contact, sounds right, smells right, God forbid, right? Um, and that, you know, everything is to the plan. Now, of course, things are going to change and deviate as always. Um, but if you don't have a plan, you can't measure the effectiveness of it. And then you can't pivot the process to, to improve. So, you know, a couple of things in English into to the, the experience checklist is I like to heat map my tours. So different facilities have different value, unique value propositions. So, for example, we have an outdoor pool here at the JCC of Greater Buffalo, which I'm currently working now. It's exceptional. You might come in for weight loss. You might come in because your children want to go to early childhood. You might come in because you want to, you know, work on your throwing mechanics and performance. But when I'm touring you through, everybody's going to see the pool because of the major value that's my facility. However, not everyone's going to see the, the in body to talk about your body composition because 
it might not be the reason you're here to visit me, right? So when I drill my staff down, it's really about heat mapping the tour. These are the three or four things that you're always gonna tell them, you're always gonna show them. And then based on your needs analysis that you start with, you're gonna show them the other things that wrap around the reason they're here, right? So you don't have one tour. I, often when I'm consulting, I go around and, and they have their, their A, B, C, D tour, and it happens in the same way in the same, they have the same metrics, you know, they deliver the pool is 84 degrees, it's six feet deep, all the other things, right? So we have those pieces, because again, everyone's gonna see the outdoor pool, but you've gotta be able to, to, to add onto that to build specificity for the prospective members. In addition to that, through um, my own personal journey, as I told you, I'm a student of the industry, I've really read a lot about um, the sales process, not just in health and wellness, but outside, like real estate, um, car salesmen, if you will, all these different tactics. And I've kind of I wrote this article a long time ago, really it's almost a book at this point, called The Seven Predictable Pillars of Sales Success. And those seven things are impressions, the impressions that people people feel, your, your presence, what you project out, your ability to tell a story, because stories sell, facts tell, if you will, right? The peak end rule, which is really just people remember the best moment and the worst moment from any experience. So make sure you're maximizing and limiting both um, your nudges, your social cues, non-social cues. Um, like, is it a clean facility or is it a dirty facility? Because that's going to nudge them one way or another. Professional rapport, um, which Aristotle talks a lot about, which is a big one. Um, he talks about ethos, pathos, logos, right? And so if you ever want to change anybody's mind, you've got to have these three things, right? You've got to be an expert in the field, perceptual. You've got to be an expert in what you're talking about. You've got to be passionate about what you're talking about. You've got to have a stone cold logical reason why this makes sense, right? And that's how you change the minds of, of, of everybody in the world, regardless of what you're trying to do, right? Um, ethos, pathos, uh, logos. And then of course the ask. How are you going to ask them to join with you today? Because often, again, you'll see with the untrained or the weaker sales folks, they'll just kind of, here's here's our prices. If you want to join, come back, ask for me, I'll take care of you. And they don't actually try to uh, invite them in with any specificity or, or handle any concerns they may have to joining today. Great information. I've read that and we utilize that. But I, I, let me share something with HealthPlex, what we see, HealthPlex Associates. We... Um, we do some audits of you know, potential clients and we're out in the industry and we do some secret shopper tours. And boy, Jason, I get surprised that the people that don't do a needs analysis and just like you said, you know, that airline tour about, well, here's the cardio equipment here. Here's the you know, strength equipment. There's two exits here, two exits in the rear kind of thing. So I, you know, we're big believers like you and, and from reading your article about you know, finding somebody's hot buttons and finding why somebody came in to join today is, boy, so important in our industry that, you know, again, creates differentiation between us and our, you know, low-cost competitors. Um, let me, I want to ask you about uh, something that we see now in the industry. Um, consumers are more educated on fitness between our social media pages, our Facebook, Instagram, um, our website. People come in with an idea. So, we see that it's more getting somebody to make the decision. They're already educated. Have your tours changed and you know, your implementation of the sale process changed with the um, educated consumers? What another fantastic question. And I'm, I'm gonna take it to a, to a, a different level to start if you don't mind. So um, studies have shown time and time again that prospective members 
no longer differentiate your virtual, your social experience from your physical, right? So if you have a website that loads slow or difficult to navigate to find the information that you, you're they're looking for, they leave. They don't even try. Because let's say, let's say I get Jason Stoll's gym. I send out a postcard that says something general like, get your six-pack at the JCC, right? Well, that's not a unique call to action to Jason's gym. All that does is it wakes up a potential member to create a short list online of what are my options. And how do they create that short list? They want to know what your hours are. If they need daycare, they want to know what daycare is. They want pricing if they can get it. They want easy way to contact you in the way they want to contact you, whether that's email, phone call, social media, text, uh, chat on your on your website, right? And if your site doesn't have these things, you don't even make the short list. And so when I talk to a lot of owners and operators, we don't even know the volumes of leads that you never even knew were searching in the first place because they can't, there's some barrier to entry to, to start right there, right? So first thing is make sure that you, you, you get this all down. The second thing is, I speak a lot about this recently, is that we really can't be competitive in the generalist space anymore, right? The Planet Fitnesses of the world, the crunches anytime, the ones that are less than 25%. Matter of fact, Ursa just put out a stat that 41% of all health club members pay less than $25 a month for membership. And here's the reason. It's because twofold. One, their entire value proposition is it's cheap, right? And so what else we've learned from studies? When a prospective member cannot dis delineate this, the value between Planet Fitness and Joe's Gym, almost universally, the cheaper option wins, right? So again, in your marketing, you've got to really speak to your unique value proposition. So in the Pittsburgh JCC, we had brought in the winningest high school basketball coach in Western Pennsylvania history. So when we launched the academy, you better believe that all our marketing was, if little Johnny's looking to, to join, you know, or join a basketball academy, why would you go anywhere else? We're competitively priced and we've got the winningest coach, right? So don't try to compete in that generalist space anymore. You got to compete with your, your specialists, your experts, and any celebrities you have. Now, in regards to what they know coming in, absolutely. I mean, you've you've got to to assume nothing, assume that they don't know that you know, your prices already. And and I've seen people like obfuscate, you know, in the 90s, you say like, oh, don't ever give them prices, right? Because they can't put the value on that. And that's still true in, in some some places, right? You know, your membership compared to Planet Fitness is expensive, but solutions are invaluable, right? If I'm coming to somebody because I'm pre-diabetic and you've got a, a, a notable solution, a proven solution, I'll pay whatever it takes to, to be part of that. Um, so make sure that you're, you're, your members, or excuse me, your, your sales folks are conducting these needs analysis. And really the bulk of your tour should be the needs analysis, right? You, you do the entire interview, you build the entire relationship right there. Uh, and the tour should be a formality at that point. They, you should know already that this is the right place for them. Uh, I, I'm confident we have the right solutions. And if not, you know, the right thing to do is suggest to them that maybe this isn't the right place for them, right? And that's the part of the maturing process of spending the first, you know, 18, 19 years on the for-profit side and the last 10 on the non-profit side is I'm not the right solution for everybody all the time. You know, if they, for example, need a, a saltwater pool and I have a pool that's, that you know, chlorinated, I can't, it, it would be uh, not ethical of me to say like, well, we don't use a lot of chlorine. You know, maybe you'll be okay. You should try it. Take my pass, try it for two days, see how you feel, Right. So just make sure that your salespeople, you know, understand that today's consumer already knows something about you or or has, has searched you online and, and make sure they're educated on that and then prepared to speak with specificity to the prospective members' unique needs.
great answer. We uh, we preach that you know price is what you pay, value is what you get, kind of thing. So you're creating you know, value for your product. Um, why don't you you try? I'm going to put you on the spot and say, give me like three ways that you think a facility can create value that sort of justifies their costs. I know, uh, you know, in our setting, you know, we have all degree level certified, you know, personal trainers, exercise physiologists kind of thing. So we know that that's unique in our industry. So when we're talking about developing an exercise program, we'll say, hey, you know, what's a little unique to us is your program's going to be designed by a degreed, you know, level certified physical personal trainer, you know, so that sort of creates value. So, you know, what do you see when you're touring facilities, when you're setting up facilities, what would be like your, your bucket list of ways that, you know, if it's aesthetically, if it's training, if it's hiring, what do you think are ways that can create value, Jason? So to pop up pretty quickly um, on my mind. So so first thing is we think a lot about the, the member journey, right? But you need to think of it in two ways. There's the prospective member journey and then the member journey, right? So when I'm touring the facility, um, it's tough for a lot of folks. To, you know, I see the same lobby every single day. And it's really easy for everything to become white noise and ignore things, right? But your prospective members, uh, this is the first time they're seeing this, right? And it's, it's exciting for them or, or maybe not exciting, right? They almost know immediately. So I always advocate for having big old big screen TVs in your lobby with your schedules running and your commercials running. Now, from a member's experience, that's not a, an incredibly good idea because you don't want to clog your lobby up with members staring at screens so the protective members can't get in, right? So again, we accommodate schedules and big screen TVs out on the floor. But here's the deal. The prospective members don't don't know that they want to walk in. They want to see this modern aesthetic, this technological piece, robust scheduling before they ever talk to your front desk person. They come in. They're going to see your lobby. I was recently at a YMCA. I did a, a secret shop myself. They just built this. this maybe just built me a couple of years ago. This 28 million dollar facility. And they had lawn chairs and lawn tables in their lobby. Right. Literally the white kind of stuff you go to Walmart and buy. And so I walked in and immediately thought, what the heck is this? Right. And then they do what all of us do. And I'm guilty of this myself is, you know, if a sign is designed to be in a, in a, a location saying, please, you know, shower before you go in there, it needs to be a professionally made sign. It can't be something you just tape on the wall. How often do we see this, this, these taped signs that, uh, that are crumpled up and starting to like degrade, right? If it's something to stay with, with any kind of regularity, then, then make it a, a, a professional sign, right? So the aesthetic has to be modern, has to be clean, has to be robust. So that's one piece. The second piece is as I, I circle back to, you know, we don't want to be in the generalist space anymore because, again, John Doe walks into your your location. He hears that you have personal training. He hears that you have a pool. He hears that your price is $75 a month. He goes over to Jim's gym and sees that he has all of that for $15 a month. Well, of course. He doesn't know what the difference in the value is. So that's why you need to develop practices like the second one, which is called signature sessions. So, so what I always do, and this is something everyone can do right now on this call. So you have, if you have personal trainers, you have personal trainers already on staff. I had 30 personal trainers in Pittsburgh. I have 24 now in Buffalo, I believe. Every one of them has a speciality. They either have a special certification or they have a client that they love or they have a unique experience. Like they were semi-professional basketball player, right? So all you do is you go to them and you say, personal trainers. If you had one client to train the rest of your life because of a certification or become a passion, what would that be? 
And then that becomes their signature session. And so now in addition to we offer personal training for your unique needs, but if you want throwing mechanics and performance, John Doe here actually played for the Astros back in the 80s, and he's going to help you get there. Well, now if you're looking for throwing mechanics and performance, of course you're coming to my location, right? We had a, um, a gentleman who actually was the um, strength and conditioning coach for the MMA champion at the time. Right. You better believe we were ringing that bell that if you wanted to train in MA, of course, you're going to come to my place. Right. So tease out your specificity. And this is something you can just do. Just ask your personal trainers who is their what is their top session right now. And now you give yourself like these experts in the field that have different calls to action. So that would be my second one. And then the third one off the top of my head, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, it's too early in the morning. I can't think of it. <laughs> you, you got me. You got me. There's one out there. I can't think of it. <laughs> um, good. Well, that, uh, that's great information because I think a lot of times we, um, you know, we try to be everything to everybody and we try it in our marketing and advertising. We try to hit every demographic that we can instead of, you know, pinpointing certain demographics that we want to target. And I know, you know, in our facilities, we try through testimonials, you know, for a new member, we'll walk by our section that has, you know, posters of, members and the achievements they made or, you know, a certain personal trainer and the type of client that they specialize in. And, and during the tour, if we think that that's, you know, going to be a productive sales process by saying, hey, boy, you know, Tim right here would be perfect for you. This is the type of client he works with. And I think the outcomes will be you know, what you want. So, you know, creating value for your staff is obviously the message. So that's, uh, that's great. So the podcast that, you know, we often listen to in our industry is the fitness business podcast and uh tell us a little bit about it. i'm going to give you a chance to promote that because i think for anybody that's listening to this podcast another one to you know put on your list would be the fitness business podcast wow that's that's incredibly kind of you thank you so um yeah i uh you know this interesting thing about that is i as i shared student of the industry so i absorb as much content as i can find that's that's of course relevant and the Fitness Business Podcast is one of the the legacy uh, players, if you will. They've just eclipsed. We've just eclipsed 1.2 million downloads. And so it started with a single host named Chantal, who I was just an Uber fan of. I listen every every week to. Um, and she ran the show for years. And by chance, two years ago, I had a, uh, a chance encounter with her because I was speaking at Athletic Business. And so I, I met her. I told her what a big fan I was. And by chance, they asked me if I would come on as a guest to speak about the seven pillars of predictable sales success, which fortunately went, went, went very well. I didn't embarrass myself, which was great. Um, sometime after that, they decided they wanted to expand the family of shows in, in the brands. And they wanted to have a show that's geared towards in, you know, educational intensives. They wanted to show that was geared towards suppliers in the field. And they wanted to show um, about thought leaders and thinking ahead about where we should put our capital. And so they ran this contest of which uh, I think a few hundred people from all around the world applied. And um, I was fortunate enough to be chosen as the thinking ahead guest, right? Uh, show host. So my guests specifically are from typically outside of the the industry to tell us about best practices that may uh, align with what we're trying to achieve here. Because relatively, the fitness industry is still relatively small, you know, comparatively when you look at things like the candy industry or the shoe industry, right? Um, so my show specifically is geared towards getting owners and operators to really think about ahead about you know AI, AR, VR. You know, what's a trend versus what's got some staying power. Um, so I really appreciate you you asking me that. And then if you're looking to to 
absorb any of that or uh, hear my show is just fitnessbusinesspodcast.com. Thank you, Jason. We really appreciate uh, when HealthFlex Associates thought about the podcast venture. It's all with you, and you gave us some great information, so I really appreciate you being a guest today. Uh, we encourage our guests to, to jump on that Fitness Business Podcast and, and look at the library of things, and I'm sure there's going to be things that uh, sort of cross over for our group here. So again, I want to thank Jason Stowell for his time today, and HealthFlex Associates, and this is Don Doyle, our host, and we. Uh, Everything Medical Wellness, we really appreciate your time, Jason. Thank you both. Thank you to our guest, Jason Stowell, for joining us today. If you are interested in learning more about medical wellness, follow and subscribe to our podcast at healthplexassociates.podbean.com.